0: as you know we're if you're visiting we're continuing through the book of ephesians and this passage really is a follow on from what peter uh, looked at last week but the whole passage really begins in ephesians 5:21 where paul calls for people to submit to one another in verse 21 submitting to one another in the fear of God and I think this is the key to all of this passage and remember Ephesians is not a book or wasn't a book when Paul wrote it we see it broken up into chapters and verses and and, and we think oh that's the way Paul wrote it no he wrote a letter and the idea was that in a huge audience of people the letter is read out to the people so this is just a flow on and so when Paul gets to this section, it's like he's, he's dealt with a number of things and now he goes into a, an, another area and it just continues to flow on. And so submission or submitting is the key thought when we look at this part of what Paul had to say. So I'm going to read the passage and then we'll uh, make some comments. Chapter 6 verses 1 through 9. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honour your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleases, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same thing to them, giving up, threatening, knowing that your own Master also is in heaven. And there is no partiality with him. <clears throat> but notice, going back to, to, to verse 21, when Paul starts this section, he says, Submission is about respect for Christ. That's the key thought. In all of this, children, parents, whether you're an employer or employee, whether you're a husband or a wife, the idea of submission or subjection is out of respect for Christ. And it's not, and you know, people jump on these passages when they read, oh, Paul said women should be in subjection and children should be, you know, seen but not heard virtually. Uh, you know, he's, a, he's a, a, a chauvinist and he's a killjoy and, you know, he's only thinking about himself and he wants to put men up there and women and children down there. We need to understand the culture that this passage was written in. As Peter pointed out last week, women were a possession, an object. Do with them what you like. But the Christian culture made such a change to that outlook, to give women a place of respect a place where they could be honoured for the role that God wanted them to fulfil. And so when we come over now to chapter 6 and Paul starts to talk about children and the responsibility of children toward the parents, really this whole passage is about leadership in the home, how the father should act, and respond to the children in the culture that they were living in. Now, in the Roman culture and the heathen culture of the day, children were a nothing. The father had the right to just ditch the child. If he didn't like a female child, he could leave it out on the side of the road or get somebody to dispose of it without batting an an eyelid. That was the idea, that was the the culture that they were living in but Paul said the Christian culture turns that idea on its head and if the father in the Christian culture is leading the way he needs to lead and should lead then children will want to obey and want to respect him for the role that he's got to fulfil because it's a God-given role. And so the idea that Paul is a chauvinist is so far from the truth, it's not funny. So let's look at what, how Paul goes through, through this. The, the, these relationships, as we're gonna, Peter's already looked at the husband-wife relationship last week, but the children-parent relationship, and then in those days, the slave-master relationship, or in our day, the employer-employee relationship, All of this flows from the home. If everything is done according to God's plan in the home, children will grow up with respect. They will recognise authority and honour those in positions of authority because that's what God wants. And even then, it flows out of the home. If children are brought up the right way, with the right moral standards and social principles and, and the right attitude, then their attitude toward work, whether they're an employee or an employer, will be as if they are serving God. And so, you know, your job, you mightn't think it's a great job that you're doing, but think of it as I'm serving God, I'm serving Christ. The person who's over me is giving me instructions and I have a responsibility to acknowledge the position that he's got or she's got. Recognise that all of this is what God wants. So children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. In the Lord simply means according to what the Lord wants, according to the Lord's will. But this is not really new. We can go right back into the Old Testament and the principle was always there, but it wasn't upheld necessarily. I mean, when you go back into the Old Testament and you see some of the things that were taught or or told to the parents if their children were disobedient, I can understand why kids ought to obey their parents. Back then, if the child was disobedient, they could be taken out and stoned to death. The parents go before the leaders and claim that their kid is not responsible, not obedient, and they could be stoned to death. So the idea that children obeying a parent today is not a good idea. Believe me, it's a very good idea. Paul said so. First of all, it's right that children obey their parents because this is what the Lord wants. The word obey, and I don't know whether I'm going to pronounce this right, the Greek word is kuo. That's right, isn't it, Steve? You, you, you would agree with that. It's a combination of two words, to hear and under. The idea is obedience means that we are under somebody else. We need to hear, we need to listen to, and we need to respond to the one who's been given that responsibility over us it's not that parents want to stop us from having fun or or developing God has put the this system in place for a reason kids God has given you parents for a very good reason now he could have God could have made everybody adults and said forget about the kid and adult relationship but this is a developing process that God has put into place Children, listening to, learning from, and learning to respect authority is going to help you as you go out into society. And it's going to help you in the home as well, because if you're not getting on good with your parents, there's consequences. And and we can see that uh, some of the promises is if you are living right and you're honouring your parents, you can live long on the earth. I mean, that's a pretty good... Uh, reason to obey your parents isn't it if you're going to live a long time be disobedient and the warning is there remember the story of Jesus when he was 12 years old went with his parents down to uh, the census and Luke says that Jesus was in subjection to his parents. Jesus would have heard a lot of the things that you, if you're still a, a child, a kid at home, under the, the care of your parents, he would have heard a lot of the things probably that you were, uh, hear from your parents. Have you done your chores? It's time to turn the light out. Now, I don't know what sort of light they had, but it's time to turn the light out. You don't need to be reading uh, till all hours of the morning. You need to get your rest because you need to do whatever you've got to do the next day. Jesus would have heard those things just like you and I did as kids or if you're still a, a kid today. Jesus heard those things. But it says, and he was in subjection to his parents. Now, that's not... Well, Joseph and Mary dominated over him and didn't let him do anything, right? They did let him do things. And see, when they found him, what was he doing? I think it reflects his upbringing in the home. It was in the place of worship. It was in the place of God, listening to people, teaching the scriptures, He wanted to do that because he was in subjection to his parents and they trained him to go the right way. Proverbs 31 says, A wise son accepts the father's discipline. I know when I was a kid at home and my father, I knew what was good for me. If dad told me to do something, I better do it Or there was consequences So I knew it was the smart thing to do To listen to dad and and respond to him He was the head of the house And he was entitled to give me instructions and, And lay down rules and regulations That is nothing out of the ordinary But when we talk about today's society And we talk about kids being obedient to parents What's the response? Generally Out there what would they know? They don't know anything. They're not up with society. They're not up with modern technology. Parents are, you know, they're way behind. Apparently, Mark Twain, (coughs) when he was about 14, said, I can't believe how dumb my father is. But you know what? When he got to be 21... He said I can't believe how much my father learned in those 7 years after I was 14. Now he said that on uh, no doubt with tongue in cheek it wasn't that the father had gained so much it was that Mark Twain realized that his father was a pretty smart cookie and the things that he was trying to instruct and instill in him were pretty good advice. So I say you might think your father or mother doesn't know what they're talking about but listen to them. They've had the experience. They've gone down the path that they're trying to lead you down and they want you to know the best way to navigate life. So don't listen to what society is saying about you don't need to listen to your parents they have good advice when they're following the instructions of God. They're leading to help us mature, to prepare us for life ahead. It's no accident or mistake then that they are called God's guardians of our soul or of our being. And Paul goes on to say then in verse 2, honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, there's a lot of people who've got a lot of views on what that really means, the first commandment with promise. It's probably, it's the first commandment to children in the Old Testament with the promise. And the promise is that you will live long... uh, It will be well with you and you will live long on the earth. I think that's pretty good advice for anybody. Listen to those in authority because it's only going to be good for you in the long run. The word honour is from a Greek word and again, trust me that I'm getting somewhere near it. Tomeo, that it means to count as valuable to value or to revere. How we need to look at our parents is out of respect for them and, and, and I'm not talking just about kids are at home with parents, I'm talking about all of us who have parents, we need to look at them as people that have given up a lot for us, to benefit us in life. And, and if they have to stop us from doing certain things and we don't like it, stop and think before we grumble and before we protest because our parents are people that put out so much for us throughout our life. Treat them with the respect they deserve. Respect the role they play in, in our lives. Respect them for the sacrifices that they made. And we've, I've seen some of these charts where people will list all of the things, you know, when kids are complaining and don't like what mum and dad tells them to do and all this and, and list all of the things, you know, so many hours of their life is taken up in, in uh, looking after them when they're sick and, and working to provide uh, the food on the table and, and all of these different things and you list all of these sort of things and then you look at well, the kid's complaining because you tell them to turn the TV off or that they've got to go and get the wood in for the fire or some of these little things and the kids don't want to forego the things that they want to do simply because mum or dad has told me to do it. We need to honour our parents for what they have sacrificed for us. But respect them because their role is a God-given role. It's not just, well, The culture of the day decided that parents ought to, you know, bombard their kids with rules and regulations and everything. This is a God given responsibility. Respect them for their God given roles because they are the guardians of our spiritual, physical, and social journey in life. Willing obedience and healthy respect in the home leads to a loving and effective relationship in the home which then flows out into society. Parents are the spokespersons for God, messengers of God's story and teachers of God's commandments. So recognise your parents are your parents because God wants it that way. Whether you like it or not, That's what God wants and if you want to do what's right in the sight of God then you need to honour and respect your parents. Paul goes on then in verse 4 and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. And this is where people say well you know this gives the father's a free reign to do whatever they want to do. No, Paul says, fathers, you have a responsibility. You are the authority figure and you have a responsibility. So with the kids charged to obey parents comes the responsibility of the father and not just the father, but Paul specifies the father specifically because the fathers are the authority figure that overall are responsible for the whole atmosphere at home, training of the children and raising them up in the, the way that God wants them to go. But don't, what does he say? Do not provoke your children to wrath. Your leadership should be in such a way that you encourage your children to mature, to be respectful, to learn, and then go out in society and repeat that example in society. I think too many of us as fathers think that our main job is just to go out and earn a living because we've got to put bread on the table and a roof over our heads and and give our our families some, uh, you know, fun and enjoyment and everything. But you know what? All of those things are secondary to our most important role and that is to lead the family. Our first job is to lead the family. To be the example... But the problem is if there's no leaders in the home or if, reverse to that, there's no willingness to follow the leadership in the home, what do we see? We, we keep on hearing, what's wrong with our young people today out there in society? The juvenile um, crime rate, the uh, they're just gone crazy, young people, stealing cars, doing all sorts of crazy things. Why? Well, I wonder if we could go back and have a look at the home situation, whether we might begin to see where a lot of the problems lie. So Paul says, fathers, don't provoke your children. Don't tell them, well, you just do as you're told because I'm the boss and and I'll do what I want to do, but you've got to do. And sometimes contrary to what the Bible says, We need to respect the leadership in the home because that's God's directive. Provoke. How do you provoke somebody to anger? Don't act toward children as to rouse to wrath or to embitter. Don't act in a way that causes anger or resentment. And and what might be some of the areas that we can be guilty of? Don't overprotect. Let them learn independence. You know, we can have the apron strings on for too long and control everything that our children do and this can cause resentment, agitation. Don't overprotect. Don't show favouritism. If you've got more than one child, they're all equals. We're all equals in the sight of God. Don't show favouritism. Favoritism, And we've got a great story in the Old Testament, Joseph and Jacob showed favoritism to Joseph and what happened? The rest of the brothers resented it and the resentment led to them selling Joseph off to the slave traders and, and then going back home and lying to the father about what had happened to Joseph. Provoking through favoritism, Disgr- discouragement. Constantly criticising You're an idiot You'll never make anything in your life You know You can't do anything right What's wrong with you If you constantly hear that What's going to be the response I'm a nothing I might as well just sit down and wither up and, And forget about life If that's all I'm going to hear And Paul says to fathers Don't treat your children that way Setting a double standard And I've heard this Fathers doing things and then threatening, if I catch you doing this, you better look out. Smoking, drinking, cheating, lying, anything. If parent, if, if kids are seeing their parents do something, why are they not going to follow? That's what they're supposed to do. That's why we're parents, we're leaders. But don't set that double standard. Cloning. Pushing children to be all the same. Trying to put children into our mould. This is what I think you ought to do, so I'm going to push till you do what I think you ought to do. And oftentimes, it's trying to push our kids to live our life through them. Because we didn't achieve it in our life, we can try to achieve it through our kids. Kids... Are individuals, they need to live their life punishing out of anger or frustration or not, in, not giving our children a good answer when we tell them I want you to do such and such and they say why, because I'm the boss. No, have a reason why you want your children to do certain things. Don't just tell them, show them by example. Have a positive input in their lives. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, Paul says in verse 4. What is discipline? Well, I think too often we straight away think of discipline as get out the strap and, and give them a good walloping. Well, that's not what all the discipline's about. I mean, how many times do we hear Steve, particularly when he's been teaching, there are certain disciplines for us as Christians, there's the discipline of prayer and the discipline of reading the scriptures and there's a discipline of meditating and, and all the discipline takes so many different forms, but we jump to the conclusion that discipline is punishment. But it's not necessarily It's about encouragement. It's about teaching. It is about correcting. And sometimes it is about punishing. When children deliberately do the wrong thing, they need to understand there are consequences for that, but it needs to be dealt with in the proper way and not just out of anger or frustration. We as fathers are responsible for the physical spiritual, emotional upbringing of our children and the overall in the family, we as the fathers, we had the final say because it's, God says that's your responsibility. Be there, don't be too busy with less important matters. Family comes first. Family comes first. Lead, discipline, instruct. Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Solomon said, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. If we instill all of the principles in life with our children when they start young, the moral principles, the ethical principles, the social principles, that will stick with them in their mind but if we don't lay the foundation, there won't be those things in their life. Well, then Paul goes on, and time's running out. Paul goes on to talk about bond servants and masters being obedient to those, and the bondservant, the slaves. I mean, in that day, half it's estimated that half of the Roman Empire were slaves. And I'm, we're talking about something like 60 million people were slaves and a lot of those slaves worked in in people's houses, not just in employment but there could be slaves in the home and if there were slaves in the home or if there were slaves in the workplace, Paul challenges them because our equivalent is employer-employee because Technically we don't have slaves today But we do know that they still exist in some countries Where people, uh, you know, there are nothing But bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters According to the flesh With fear and trembling in sincerity of heart As to Christ So not just because the boss said do it Our response as Christian The Christian culture is I need to do the right thing. I need to respond to my boss as if I'm responding to God because at the end of the day, that's exactly who I am responding to. And so this is why the upbringing in the home, the children and obedience and and responsibility and, and authority, when we think about all of that in the home, it flows over into our social life, into our workplace life, it, it, it flows through all of that. If we don't have the right beginning, most likely it won't have a good outcome. But if we can instil that in the beginning, we can have a good outcome. So if I can just uh, summarise it all. First of all, remember the story of Philemon. And Onesimus, the slave, and Paul begs Philemon to accept his slave as a fellow brother. Now, we're talking about slaves who've become Christians and masters or bosses who become Christians, and now they're equals. And so, in the workplace, they might have said, yes, sir, to the boss, but now Paul is saying, you're really saying, yes, sir, to God. And to the master... You have the same responsibility because at the end of the day, he says, God is the one who will reward you for what you put into life. Be diligent in your work. Be genuine in the workplace. You're on display. Respect the boss. He is a person in a place of authority because that's the way God says it needs to be. Work as if you're working for Christ don't only work when the boss is watching. I worked in an aircraft industry for 14 years and it used to frustrate me the guys grown mature men with their phones sitting on their workbench and every two or three minutes they had to stop what they were doing and they had to check who was doing or saying what on social media and Then somebody would say, the boss is coming, and away go the phones. And the boss would put out directives to the workplace. No phones in the workplace. And that would last five minutes. The boss would go, and out come the phones. No respect, double standard, only working when the boss is watching. Employers, if you're a Christian employer, respect your employees. If you're a Christian employee, respect your boss. You're there for a reason. That's the way God has put the uh, situations in place. But at the end of the day, treat everybody as equals in the sight of God. You're no more important Whether you're a managing director, the CEO of a company, a floor sweeper, a mechanic, a technician, and I don't know what all trades are represented here in this place, but at the end of the day, in the eyes of God, you are the same. So respect what that person does, respect what that person does, because in the end, we're all... Accountable to God A smooth running household needs to be God focused And if God's not there first and foremost We're missing the whole point All roles need to be respected Children, parents, employers, employees, husbands, wives We have roles because God designed it that way For the best outcome Not just for fun You're the master of the house if you're the guy. You have authority, but it's balanced with responsibility. You don't just have authority. You have the greatest role and the greatest responsibility. And your primary objective is to help all members of your household to achieve their potential, but ultimately To please the master in heaven.